We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's that time of the day, y'all. Final hour of power here on this Wednesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. Coming up at about 2.20, Mark Schofield, National NFL writer for SB Nation, set to join us. We'll take a spin around the National Football League. Plus, we'll get his thoughts and take his temperature on the Washington Commanders as they get geared up for their huge Sunday night showdown against the New York Giants. Hit the rewind button here when talking about the Commanders right now. What's the biggest surprise to you, the fans, during this 6-1-1 stretch? Had a lot of great answers so far. A lot of good tweets uh, have come at me as well. Uh, that's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P uh, on Twitter. Our girl, one of the first ladies of the show, Miss Jackie, saying <laughs> that dude is tripping on Brian Robinson. I completely uh, agree with you, Miss Jackie. Y'all know I've been on record. I'm comparing Brian Robinson to a young Adrian Peterson, man. Just think about this. He ain't even at full strength right now. Think about how much better Brian Robinson is going to be as we get closer to the end of this season. I only expect him to get better. Uh, against Atlanta, he had his first 100-yard rushing performance of the year. Uh, last game against the New York Giants, four yards shy of another 100-yard performance. So Brian Robinson clearly has got it going on right now and is running behind his pads uh, at a different level right now. So you love uh, to see that my man Ryan Springer tweets me on Twitter and says, put some respect on Derek Forrest's play as of late. Look, Ryan, I 100% agree with you, brother. Derek Forrest, I think, like I said, is part of the reason that we feel so damn comfortable about this commander's defense. Last year, what was our big issue with the defense? Blown coverages over the top. Teams continually hitting the deep shot on us, giving up the explosives, so to speak. Since Derek Forrest has been inserted into this lineup, and really since the return of Cam Curl, we uh, haven't seen this group give up too many explosive plays in the passing game, and I think Derek Forrest deserves a lot of credit for that. Not trying to, and I guess I can't win making this comment, Derek Forrest and the range that he has on the back end, uh, it's similar, and, and obviously everyone that, I'm, that you would list pales in comparison to the great Sean Taylor, but it's, Reminiscent of the way Sean T used to roam from sideline to sideline back there in the back end. I think what Derek Forrest is doing is special. Washington has solidified this secondary for years to come. I feel like they're another group uh, that's going to have to really put it all together and try to piece it all together uh, financially to keep this group uh, as one. When you look at the safety tandem and the cornerback tandem, Washington right now in the secondary is – more solidified than they've been in a really 
really, really long time. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy and Gold today. The calls that we're taking right now is what's been the biggest surprise to you uh, during this 6-1-1 one one stretch for the Washington Commanders? I want to hit on one of the answers that one of the callers gave. He said Jamin Davis. I totally agree uh, with that answer. And when you talk about Jamin Davis uh, in his maturation process, I think it's been huge uh, to see his growth and development. I'm not necessarily surprised by it, though, for this reason. I was lucky enough to be out there boots on the ground at training camp. You saw his development uh, and maturation during that process, seeing him make quicker decisions, seeing him reading and reacting a lot quicker. Uh, it all comes to just show how much more comfortable he is uh, being in his second year uh, of this defense. Uh, another big reason, another surprise for me uh, during this turnaround is the amount of success that this group has had with that three-safety look, talking about Cam Curl, Derek Forrest, and Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain is another dude that a lot of us in the fan base owe an apology. I was ready to run Bobby McCain ass out of town about a month ago or, or, or after the Detroit game. So I think that's something that, has always existed within this fan base. We tend to harshly critique guys without really knowing what our X's and O's are talking about. Because when you look at Bobby McCain and his position versatility, look at what they're asking him to do. He's been this team's single high safety. They brought him down in the box to play uh, Buffalo nickel. And now he's lining up as a true nickel uh, on some snaps. So what Bobby McCain's been able to bring to this defense uh, is certainly special. This three-safety look, though, and the emergence of Derek Forrest has led to more turnovers. And I think that's really been my number one surprise during this 6-1 and one stretch. During the first five games of the season, Washington with just one turnover forced. During these last eight weeks, Washington's forced 14 turnovers. So clearly this group uh, has found a knack for taking away the football. Logan Paulson and Craig Hoffman on the Take Command podcast uh, went into more detail about just how important the turnovers have been to this commander's defense. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, big, big picture thoughts. I think uh, schematically, I think they've kind of all started buying into what Jack Del Rio wants to do. I think obviously the defensive line is the strength of the team. And then, um, you know, they've gotten better production growth, I would say, from the linebacker unit in terms of Jamin Davis, because they really only play one linebacker consistently at this point. And it's Jamin. He's done a nice job. I think he's, He's slow the last couple of weeks, but I just found out that he had a pretty significant injury and is kind of nursing that. So that kind of makes mm -hmm. more sense to me. And then I think the back end, I think the back end development and kind of the musical chairs in terms of finding where people sit has been extremely instrumental, like getting um, William Jackson the third out, Benjamin St. Just in. Um, huge. Uh, the emergence of um, Derek Forrest, I think, has been really nice just in terms of guy who understands the system, plays physical, aggressive football. Cam Curl, obviously one of the best safeties in the NFL by grade, and I think that hashes it out each week. And then Kendall Fuller, you know, people, I think, were very critical of him early on. And, uh, you know, over the last five games, he's done excellent. That is Logan Paulson and Craig Hoffman, uh, the host of the Take Command podcast, giving their input uh, on this commander's turnaround. And like I said, the turnover is a big part of this thing. I mentioned five, one turnover, excuse me, through the first five weeks of the season uh, here in this 6-1-1 one one stretch. They forced 14 turnovers. So clearly, it's something I said a few weeks ago on the Hoffman Show. When it comes to sacks and turnovers, 
I wasn't too worried with this group because when they come, uh, they tend to come uh, in bunches. Mark is in Landover Hills once tapping. What's going on, Mark? Hey, Linnell, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself, buddy? I am good. How about you? Well, damn, you just told me how good you were. Look, I'm getting lost in the sauce, man. It's getting late in the show. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Hey, man, look, I agree with the first guy earlier, man. I think the the nice surprise has been Jamin. He's played a lot better. He's picking it up. His reaction time's getting better, and I think he'll he will improve more. Linnell with more experience, and I gotta say that. Man, if you remember Benjamin, you were you were there, man. He's a hard player. I think that you know he gets hurt sometimes from it, but Ben Juice is is has got a lot of potential, and man, they they were lucky to get him when they got him that late in the draft. I do believe. Yeah, hey Mark, I appreciate your call, my man. Let's go to Joe in Northwest. What's happening? What's going on, Joe? Hey, what's happening, man? How you doing? Hey, listen, big surprise for me is they're going back to the identity, man. You know, in the glory years, man, they had a punishing defense. They had a, a hell of a running game, man. They kept the defense off the field. So that's why, you know, we're seeing, I believe that's part of the reason we're seeing the defense, man, flourishing so much because they're not on the right. field as much. They're not tired of worn out at the end of the game. And also, back in the glory glory years, Washington's always been a, a second-half team. You know, they came, came in at halftime, made their adjustments, came out, man, to kick butt in the second half. So I'm surprised they finally, finally, yeah have gone back to their identity. Hey, Joe, I appreciate the call, my man. Joe hits it right on the head. I think this running game uh, and, and their ability to control the time of possession is directly correlated uh, to the defense's turnaround as well. Yes, it helps when you're able to force 14 turnovers in eight games, but the defense is well-rested, and that's not something that they were able to deal with early on in the season. I believe when Carson Wentz was under center during the first five weeks of the season, Washington was bottom three in the National Football League in three and outs per game. So that just lends to the defense having to play more and sometimes having to overextend themselves. Now, though, since they found this newfound identity on offense, man, defensively, they've, they've taken this thing to another level. And that's something that I think should continue. Uh, but the health of this offensive line uh, is going to be a huge part of it moving forward. Bob is in Silver Springs. What's going on, Bob? Hey, man, you know um... – this may sound, sound like a pleasant surprise more than anything else, but uh -huh. when you look at that D-line and you started the year losing Settle, losing Ioannidis, no Chase Young, you draft Masses, and then he goes out the first game, and you say, well, that's curtains for the defensive line. But look at how they're playing. I'm really yeah. impressed with the quality of play from the depth, Tuhill, Obata, Ridgeway, Smith-Williams, Shaka Tony, and then Payne playing out of his mind. I don't know if anybody really thought when you looked at those names, you would have thought that would be the part of the team that was carrying the defense. But hats off for them for their depth, man. They did a great job with that. Hey, Bob, I appreciate the call, my man. Yeah, that's a hell of a call and a hell of a point. I agree. I was one of the people beating on the table saying, hey, look, guys, what are we doing up front along the defensive line? Matt Ioannidis played almost 70% of the snaps for you last year. Tim Settle, in my opinion, is a budding star at the position. You let him walk. When they signed F.A. Obata, I said, oh, Lord. Another commander, right? Clearly, though, Rod Rivera and the Pro Scouts knew what they were doing by signing F.A. Obata because not only has he provided help on the interior of the defensive line, uh, he's been able to use that position flex and play some edge rusher as well. Uh, so you're getting a really a two-for-one bargain uh, for F.A. Obata. Let's go to Dave and Woodbridge. Dave, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? 
All right. So I I got a little bit of a different spin. Uh-huh. So my guy, not for the way he plays because he always plays hard as Allen. Yeah. It's the mentality. The whole team has taken on his mindset. Very true. There is no quit in these guys. This this guy is a football player. He's a he, he's a gladiator when he's on the field. Um, I'm I'm just very happy. There's no quit. So that that's kind of where I am. Even with the Heineke thing, everybody buys in. Um, remember him and Duran were fighting on the sidelines last yeah. year. I, <laughs> Huge change since if, then. If it wasn't, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't. Michael Parsons in the league. Allen might be the uh, defensive player of the year. Thanks for taking my call, man. Hey, man, I appreciate the call, Dave. Let's go to Lou. What's up? What's going on, Lou? Big dog. What's going on, man? How you doing? I can't complain, man. How you been? Everything good? I've been amazing. Good to hear from you, my man. Likewise, likewise. Um, I mean, like everybody been saying, I think – I'm just going to say the entire defense, man, because, you know, back in before, I guess, they had this winning streak going. I mean, we was just talking about how, you know, JDR need to get the hell up out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he don't know what he's doing. You know, all that. But uh, I think, you know, Deron Payne, John Allen, I mean, they just dominating out there week, like week after week. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, 52, man. He's been playing lights out, too. So, I just want to give credit to, you know, the safety, you know, Benjamin and, you know, the, the entire defense, man. They've just been playing lights out. I hope yeah. they continue to do that. And I know we haven't been really, really tested yet uh, against a good offensive team beside the Minnesota. But yeah, I about to say, that, the I Vikings, think, I mean, they shut down the Vikings, Lou. Right, right, they did. You know, even though, you know, Heine, you know he, he threw that bad interception <laughs> and gave him a life, himself. man, because yeah. I think, would have been undefeated, you know, going on to this game. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. I appreciate you taking my call. Of course, man. Today. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, let's go to Don. What's happening? What's going on, Don? Yo. Yo. Linnell. 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 <laughs> my brother. <laughs> what's up, Don? I think you need to slow the train down because you're on that high train. It's a little bit too hard. You, you said that he reminded – Brian Roberts reminded you of who? He's got some young Adrian Peterson in him, man. Do you, are you watching you what I'm watching? You, do you remember Adrian Peterson in his rookie year when he ran for <laughs> 224 yards against the Bears? <laughs> look, Brian Robinson, look Brian, Brian Robinson is a different no. situation, though, Don. He's battling no. back no. from being shot, no. Don. He got shot. Listen. Listen, they're standards. He's closer to Reggie Brooks, all right? Oh, the thing is, Reggie Brooks can take the joint the long way. He hasn't broken anything over, like, what, 20 yards yet I, I, that I can recall. You're talking about breakaway speed. He ain't broke away from nothing yet. I love Brian Robinson. I love his story. But don't compare him to Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson ran for 296 yards in one game against the Chargers. Hey. That that's a, that's a bad comparison, bro. That's hey, a Don. bad comparison. Hey, Don, you got I that. love the way you run. Bill and Arlington, what's happening? What's going on, Bill? Hey, I, I think we I, – first of all, I think he's right. You can't compare him to A.P. or any of the true greats until you see a little more. But I, I think we spend too, way too much time trying to figure out the individual contributions of this is a difference or that's a difference. It all works in, in tandem, right? I mean, the defense keeps the offense off the field. The vertical game opens up the running game. Like, it – 
they've hit on a good combination. I think the question we have to be talking about is why it took them seven games to figure out a decent combination. <laughs> well, that's a damn good question, Bill. I appreciate the call, my man. Look, we got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take a spin around the National Football League. Mark Schofield, National NFL writer for SB Nation, is set to join the show. We'll take his temperature and see how he's feeling heading into Sunday night's big game against the New York Giants. Plus, we'll ask him about some of the big pressing storylines across the National Football League. Don't go anywhere. This is the Burgundy and Gold today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. It's the Burgundy and Gold today right here on the Team 980. Always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge, moving Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show. Before we do that, though, we got to take a spin around the National Football League. No better guy to do that with than our good friend Mark Schofield, National NFL writer for SB Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Mark, the last time we talked to you, this team was dead in the rights, my man. Well, my friend, always great to be with you. And you're right. Like we were talking last night, you know, a lot has changed since the last time we talked. And like you said, you know, this Washington Commanders franchise, it seemed like they were sort of stuck in the mud, not going anywhere. But circumstances have certainly changed now, you know, with a chance to perhaps over the next couple of weeks lock down a spot in the playoffs, which, you know, a month or so ago was kind of like an impossible dream. Now it seems like it could be a reality. Yeah, man, I want to stick uh, with the local team here before we take a spin around the National Football League. Mark, you watch a lot of football and a lot of film. Based off of what you've seen from Washington during this eight-game stretch, the 6-1-1, one, and one, uh, what would you attribute uh, to the recent success here? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that you can point out. You can point out some of the issues on the defensive side of the ball that we've talked about over this, the course of the season, miscommunication issues, breakdowns in coverage. Those have largely been sorted out. You look at some of the wins that they've had, and they've been able to, you know, figure out things on the back end, figure out coverage switches, figure out responsibilities in man coverage situations that haven't, you know, created opportunities for opposing offenses. You look at, you know, that win against Philadelphia, finding a way to get it done, finding a way to 
against an Eagles defense, particularly in the run game, that was struggling to get off the field, they found a way to extend drives. It's not like Washington sort of ran all over them in that game, but they extended drives. They wore down that defense. They found a way to win in that game. You know, and I think they've sorted things out of the both side, on both sides of the football. They found a winning recipe, you know, with what they have with Taylor Heineke, you know, with what they have in that defense, particularly up front, to get things sorted out. I also think, you know, it's, it's fair to point out, particularly the last five games, that, you know, the win against Philadelphia was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but you play a Houston team that's obviously not going anywhere. You right. play an Atlanta team that's sort of struggling, and then you have a game against New York, and that ends in a tie. You know, schedule is a factor, but you can, you only play who you're on, who's yeah. on your schedule. You know, I mean, the schedule is what it is. So let me ask you this: every game in the NFL is tough. So the fact that they've had this run of success is certainly impressive. So let me ask you this, Mark, and I'll, I'll kind of jump ahead here a little bit. Four games left to go. Are you buying Washington as a playoff team for twenty twenty? I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying them as a playoff team, but now, and part of it is. You know, you look at the way this schedule sets up. You know, three of the final four are at home. You know, that game against San Francisco certainly looks like it's going to be a tough game, but you're probably going to have a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, to go up against. And so I think that certainly helps you. But the other three games are at home. You know, you're going to get Cleveland in Week 17, which, let's be honest, they can get eliminated this weekend, yeah. depending on how things go. So you might be getting, you know, Deshaun Watson in that game. You might not. It might be a Jacoby Brissett game. So I think that's something to consider. You get Dallas in week 18. Dallas might have their playoff slot solidified by then. You might get Cooper Rush in that game. And so I I think the schedule sets up extremely favorably for them. Then you look at, you know, some of the teams that they're going up against there. They face tougher schedules down the stretch. And I also think the late buy is going to help some teams that are looking to get into the postseason. I mean, I was on a show in – the Green Bay area earlier today, and you know the Packers have you know they have an extremely narrow path to get in, but they're coming off that same late buy, and you're going to get guys not close to 100 percent. Nobody's 100 percent right now, but you might get some guys that are banged up, rested up a little bit, you know. And I, I think that's certainly going to help Washington yeah. as well. And so I think the late buy, the favorable schedule, and the way that they found this winning recipe over the past couple of weeks sets up favorably for them to get in. So I'm buying them as a playoff team. Mark, this will be my last Commanders-related question. Do you think the style of play that they're playing right now, this three yards in a cloud of dust brand of football, do you think it's sustainable come January? I, I do, and I think part of it is the larger discussion that we as sort of the football media world have been having this year, right? The fact that the scoring is down across the league, the fact that you know, with all the advent of the too high coverage looks that we're seeing defenses play to really force you to either be patient in the passing game or to just lean into running the football, the pendulum has swung back a little bit. I don't think that we're going to be any, you know, next year or the year after that in a run heavy, suddenly it looks like 1990s Pop Warner football world, but we're shifting back to an NFL where you can win the quote unquote rock fights, right? 17, 14 games, you can win those. And so, like you said, this this brand of football they're playing right now, like three yards and a cloud of dust or a a cloud of turf pebbles or whatever (laughs) we want to adjust that phrase to be right now, you can win games in the NFL that way. And Washington has shown that you can win games that way. And sometimes 
you know, when you get down to it in playoff football, you know, whether it's weather, whether it's just closer games, you know, whatever the circumstances are, sometimes you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to have that long drive like we talked about in that Eagles game where yeah. it wasn't like they were ripping off 10, 12, 15-yard runs. It was three yards in that cloud of dust. Get it at the third and three. Then the entire playbook is open to you, and you can run it again if you want. You can throw screens. You can do bubbles. You can do whatever you want. The entire playbook is open to you. Ask any offensive coordinator. He or she, he or she will tell you, I'd rather third and three than third right. and nine. Exactly. Exactly. Let's look at the rest of the NFC playoff field, Mark. Uh, Washington currently sits at the sixth seed, but behind them, close on their trails, is the Giants at 7-5-1. and one. The Seahawks technically on the outside looking in at 7-6. and six. I want to ask you specifically, though, about the 6-7 and seven Detroit Lions, Mark, because they, outside of the 49ers right now in the NFC, the, the Lions are everyone's flavor of the week. Uh, Dan Campbell's got that group playing inspired football. They're confident. Uh, you saw the return to Jamison Williams this past weekend. Do you think the Lions can end up sneaking in and, and, and securing that seventh to final playoff spot? I certainly think they can. Whether they do is a much tougher question, you know, in terms of schedules and how they set up three of their final four are on the road, you know, and when you look at who they play, I think they have some unfavorable matchups the next two weeks, this week specifically, the New York Jets. And, you know, say what you want about where they are offensively and the quarterback dilemma that Robert Sala is working through. The Jets might be built to beat teams like Detroit, they can get pressure with four. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Their pressure percentage with just four, top five in the league. That that's in this world we're living in. That's special. That's where you need to be. Jared Goff last week against Minnesota. Minnesota could not get pressure on him whatsoever, and Goff played extremely well. But we've seen from Goff this year, years past, when you get pressure in his face, even if you don't get home. It's productive. So I think the yeah. Jets are built to beat them. Carolina, you know, a similar situation to the Jets, struggling on offense, but they can get that pressure with four. So I think it's incredible that Detroit is in the mix. I think they deserve a ton of credit. Dan Campbell deserves a ton of credit. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, has done a fantastic job with Jared Goff. But I think we're going to see over the next two weeks that there are some limitations to what they can do offensively. That defense has given up a ton of points. Yeah. Um, I don't know if over the next couple of weeks the offense will score the way they have been. So I think while they can get in, I think we're going to see over the next two weeks Detroit might fade a little bit. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is national NFL writer for SB Nation, Mr. Mark Schofield. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Uh, kind of a random question here, Mark, because this team, I, I think their playoff chances are pretty much done. The Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, he played his first game in over 700 days two weeks ago against the Houston Texans. It was ugly, uh, to say the least. And then they struggled offensively against the Cincinnati Bengals. When you look at Deshaun Watson and his fit in this Kevin Stefanski offense, it feels like it's kind of like I call it the Dak Prescott syndrome, right? Down in Dallas, when Dak Prescott – uh, would, would be hurt, you would see them lean on their running game even more. And it's like, damn, that's how they should play when Dak is healthy. It's kind of the opposite with Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns have been running the you-know-what out of the football, and then all of a sudden Deshaun Watson comes back and you see the carry start to drop down a little bit. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think, you know, they're going through a feeling out phase with yeah. what Kevin Stefanski wants to do offensively. We know sort of under center play action, boot action, 
you know, what we associate with that sort of Shanahan McVay tree. That's the school of thought he comes from. But when Watson's sort of at his best, it's more shotgun, spread, pistol, you know, spread you out, spread the ball out, get it out quickly. One of the things that Watson does as a quarterback that he's very effective at is using his eyes to move underneath defenders. He does it well, you know, whether it's against zone coverages, RPO concepts, things like that. And I really think for Cleveland, this final stretch of the season with Watson back in the lineup, you know, like you said, their playoff chances are extremely slim. They could be eliminated this weekend, even if they win, depending on how some other games go out. It's really about positioning that offense and figuring out what they can be for next year. You know, trying to find it. It's, it's a different, it's not an apples-to-apples situation. It's very much apples-to-oranges. But when you remember Peyton Manning joining the Denver Broncos, right. and they was trying to find that mesh between a quarterback that wanted to be in shotgun and an offensive coordinator philosophy that wanted a quarterback under center, they sort of decided, look, we'll run some pistol stuff. It's a blend of the two, and they figured out how that could work. I think Cleveland is going to go through a similar process with where Stefanski wants his offense to operate and where Watson is at his best. And so you might see next year a blend of that, similar to that Broncos discussion where you see a lot more pistol, you know, a lot more of those kinds of formations to blend the two philosophies. Yeah, Mark, let's continue to take a spin around the AFC. Let's take a trip to the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins and Buffalo Bills have a huge clash on Saturday night on NFL Network. The Bills offense has kind of bogged down here a little bit in the last six weeks. Miami as well, particularly in the past two weeks. Uh, we'll start with Buffalo. What have you seen from them, and how do we get Josh Allen to stop turning the stinking football over? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing at times Josh Allen – of Wyoming. I mean, you're yeah. seeing a quarterback that feels like he's got to press a little bit. He's got to create a little bit. Now, look, I don't know too many people look up the Josh Allen draft observation and evaluation right. You know, he proved a lot of us wrong, myself right. included. You know, but when I was studying him at Wyoming, there would always be this, okay, his plan B is to just run around Willow to his right and, and make a crazy throw. And sometimes that works at college, but it's not going to work on Sundays in the NFL. You've seen a reversion to that as that offense has, you know, like you said, been stuck in the mud a little bit. You know, he's got some red zone turnovers. The one against Minnesota at the end of the game certainly comes to mind where he throws that skinny post against quarters and, you know, Peterson sort of undercuts it for the game and an interception. He's forced things over the past couple of weeks you know, high interception rate, high interception in the red zone rate. You know, Bills fans are a bit worried about where that offense and that passing game is. But at the same time, when he needs it, you know, yes, he had the interception late against Minnesota, but then you see the throw he made against Detroit right. on Thanksgiving Day. You know, he's got that club in the bag still. You know, I, I think they're going to be okay because you still have that, you know, it, it's like a home run hitter in baseball. Yeah, he might strike out a bunch. But with one swing of the bat, you know, he or she, they can change the course of the game. And I think Allen and Diggs, they have that ability where you might keep them in check for 56, 57 minutes. But then, like we saw against Detroit, they can make that one big play when they need it. Yeah, the clock strikes zero a lot of the times, unfortunately, for a lot of opposing defenses. When you look at a team like uh, Buffalo uh, and Miami in the same division, it feels like they don't have the ability – to turn that other switch on, so to speak, right? Like, this weekend's going to be a perfect test for Miami. It's cold. 
there's snow expected in the forecast. We know they can throw it all over the yard with Tua Tungavailoa, but can they muscle up and run the football? I know that's something that's frustrated Mike McDaniel because you know it. He comes from that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. That's one thing that they do for certain is run the football. They've struggled to do that. Buffalo has struggled to do that as well. And we know Sean McDermott this offseason tried to make a concerted effort to unlock that portion of their offense. When you compare those two teams to a team like Cincinnati, who I've been uber impressed with, Mark, they've shown the ability to muscle up and play that hard-nosed brand of football when they need it. Do you think uh, Miami and Buffalo's inability to, I guess the word I'm using is, is transition their offense into that physical style, do you think it ends up hurting them come postseason time? I think it certainly could, Liddell. And, you know, one of the things that, I tend to look for in teams when we start getting into December and thinking about January football, how many different ways can they beat you? Right. Right. You know, cause if you go up against Buffalo, you go up against Miami, you know, and you think, Hey, we can take away the run, force them to fight, you know, with one arm behind their back. And suddenly like, we will probably see Saturday night. You're talking about a game with Lake effect snow when throwing the ball is a little bit tougher. If right. you could stop the run and limit what they could do in the passing game, you know, you're going to be in a better position as a defense. Now think about facing Cincinnati, because if you think back to October, they start two and three. They couldn't run the ball effectively or efficiently. They had, a, you know, they telegraphed everything. If, if Burrow's under center, they're running. If he's in the shotgun, they're throwing. They figured out, you know, a shotgun running game that has worked. They found a way to, like you said, sort of muscle up and run the football. You go into playing Cincinnati, it's, it's what do you take away? Right. You might say, look, we, we, we've, got to, we, we've got to take away the run. Okay, you bring that safety down to the box. That's where they want to be. That's where they want you to be because they can throw those back shoulders to Chase and to Higgins. You might say, look, we're going to take those away. We're going to play more quarters. We're going to play too high. All right, they've figured out a run game that's working. They've got multiple ways to beat you, whereas sort of Buffalo, it's we got to throw it because we can't figure out a run game. Or like you saw last week, the Dolphins against the Chargers. The Chargers did a very good job at stopping that Dolphins run game. And then they played sort of aggressive press man on the outside. And with the big open voids that Tua had to throw into earlier in the season, they weren't quite there. And so, you know, Cincinnati has figured out multiple pathways to beat you offensively. Buffalo and Miami are struggling to do that right now. Real quick, Mark, before I let you go, I'll put you on the hot seat, man. Week 15, got three, four weeks left to go in the regular season. If I had to put you on the spot and, and give you some truth serum, Mark. Who do you have representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, and who do you have representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? I mean, the NFC, I think it's Philadelphia. Yeah. And it's it's that conversation we just had. Look at what they did a couple of weeks ago, right? They go up against Green Bay, a team that couldn't stop the run, and they just ran it all over. You know, they leaned into the run game, leaned into the quarterback run game, had a fantastic game on the ground. Then the following week, they go up against the Tennessee Titans defense, which – they can stop the run. So what do they do? They throw it. And they have a great game throwing the football. They're that complete team right now. And they're getting Jonah Davis back. They figured out that run defense. I just think they're a complete football team. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles are your NFC representatives. The AFC is a bit tougher to predict. I like yeah. a lot of what we just discussed about with the Cincinnati Bengals and how they're a complete football team. But they don't have 15. Burrow is <laughs> fantastic. He's great. And I know, look, for whatever reason, the, the Bengals Look, seem to be that kryptonite for the I'm Kansas City Chiefs. So they're trying to duck Cincinnati. I'm sure they are. But Mahomes is just special. And it's hard to bet against him. It's like back in the day, you know, with the Patriots. It's like, yeah, you know, they yeah. don't have receivers. They don't have this. They don't have that. But they got 12. <laughs> the Chiefs have 15. 
Definitely, man. Look, I want one more nugget on the Bengals thing, man. It feels like all of those games have gone the exact same way, right? Uh, Kansas yeah. City jumps out to this lead, and then Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals turn into the cardiac kids, man. I'm on the record saying I think it'll be Philly Cincy, but I can damn sure see Patrick Mahomes ending up there. I don't know, Mark. I'm not trusting Josh Allen. I'll say that, man. I'm I'm out on the Bills publicly. Yeah, I mean, it almost you almost get the sense, you know, that there was such a build-up to that regular city game against Kansas City to get that 13 seconds moment off their backs that they almost peaked early. Right, right. Like, right. You, you talk about football, it's a launch season, it's a marathon, you want to peak at the right time, be playing your best football. seems like their best football was in October. And now yeah. we are in December, we're struggling how to, to see them making a run. Now, maybe they turn around. Allen is certainly talented, but I think Kansas City and Cincinnati feel like the tougher teams right now out of the AFC. Yeah, it'll be an interesting finish to the season for all three of those teams, Mark. It'll be good to talk to you down the line, my man. Looking forward to it already, my buddy. Have a great afternoon. We'll talk soon. You too, my man. Appreciate you, Mark. That is Mark Schofield, national NFL writer for SB Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Schofield. We've got to take a quick time out when we come back. We'll have our commander's injury report from today's practice session. Plus, it's a Wednesday. I'm out Friday, so I won't be with Doc. So I'll give you my key commanders heading into Sunday night's game against the New York Giants. Don't go anywhere. It's Team 980. Big thanks to Mark Schofield, national NFL writer uh, for SB Nation, for joining the show. If you missed any of that conversation, make sure you download and use the free Odyssey app and use the Rewind feature to go back to our 215 segment, second segment uh, of the 2 o'clock hour. Mark Schofield, kind enough to hop on with us. We took a spin around the National Football League, and we talked about the Washington Commanders and their chances this Sunday night against the New York Giants. One thing that will impact the Washington Commanders' chances on Sunday Night Football is the Commanders' injury report. I got the latest from the practice field today. Did not practice. Nobody. Nobody. Everyone on the team participated in practice in some form uh, or fashion today. So that obviously tremendous news uh, for a Wednesday workday. Limited, though, it's a decently long list. Brian Robinson listed as limited with a quad injury. Antonio Gibson listed as limited with a foot injury. Montez Sweat and James Smith-Williams listed as limited as they are both still in the NFL's concussion protocol. Uh, Still trying to find out more information on when exactly those two guys suffered their concussions. When we talked to Ben Standig of The Athletic earlier, he alluded to the fact that, or I asked him about Montez Sweat not participating in the first two series uh, on defense for Washington in their last meeting against the Giants. I wonder if that had anything to do uh, with the concussion protocol. Uh, Dax Milne listed as limited as well. Andrew Norwell listed as limited. Benjamin St. Juice listed as limited. And Cam Sims uh, listed as limited, along with Chase Young, uh, who is also on that list. Uh, before we get out of here, we'll let you hear from Chase Young. He had about a minute, 10-second media availability uh, and, and in the locker room. So we'll let you hear uh, some of what number 99 had to say and whether or not uh, he's feeling more confident than he was this time two weeks ago uh, heading into the second meeting uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Full participants in practice. Good news, Sam Cosme and Jamin Davis. Head coach Ron Rivera spoke to the media earlier today, and he divulged some key information uh, about the offensive line, Wes Schweitzer 
in line to get the start at center uh, on Sunday for the Washington Commanders. That's good news for me uh, and, and you Commanders fans as well, as Wes Schweitzer definitely more well-versed in this Scott Turner offense than Nick Martin is. I expect him to have full control of the offensive line calls up front, and you know I, I expect him to do a damn good job uh, in place of Tyler Larson. We always talk about Tyler Larson, one of the unsung heroes uh, of that Commanders 6-1-1 one one stretch. They lost him for the season uh, in their game against the New York Giants, putting him on injured reserve with a knee injury. Moving forward, man, Sam Cosby, excuse me, moving forward, Wes Schweitzer uh, expected to hold down the center spot for Washington, and I think he'll do a damn good job at it. Um, when it when you talk about this commander's offensive line, though, and, and how this uh, information that we just got on the injury report corresponds to that and correlates to that, Trey Turner, somebody who was not listed uh, on the injury report. So that is good news uh, heading into this final game against the New York Giants. The way I'm thinking that it's going to look, um, I, I think, oh, okay. I, I think that moving forward, you'll see Schweitzer uh, at center, Trey Turner at right guard, and then Sam Cosby and Cornelius Lucas uh, will continue to rotate at the right tackle spot. So if you're Washington, you got to feel good about the idea of Trey Turner coming back in the lineup. He is somebody, uh, since he's gotten healthy and, and returned to his true self, we've seen this commander's running game take a step forward. Uh, it's going to be huge. We know that is their bread and butter right now offensively is to run the heck out of the football, and I expect that to be the same Sunday night against the, the New York Giants. Here is commander's defensive end Chase Young speaking to the local media uh, at his locker earlier today. Ahead of yourself here, but do you think that coming back this year, no matter how many games you play, will help you get back to where you want to be next year? Even definitely, definitely. You know, getting that confidence going on the game, playing um, things like that. Yeah, definitely think it help confidence for sure. Is there a mental aspect between coming back on the grass field versus maybe last, you know, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, turf not smart. I mean, it wouldn't be smart for anybody coming off injury. I feel like even if you got an ankle sprain on turf, it doesn't give. Most a lot of people get hurt on turf. As you've been seeing, so uh, you know, I think it was a real smart decision. You know, to have me super sore. I ain't need all that. You know, so. Which you like? I didn't. I hated it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't, I don't know. It, college, I think when we get one play, if it come down to it, we I think we get one play each. I, don't know, I feel like we grown men. We, we didn't. We didn't fought this whole game. We want to win or lose. You know, this is it. It was real weird in a lot of ways. Jason, have you thought about the moment when you see that getting ready to take the field this season? Man, I've been envisioning it. A lot. I've been envisioning getting a sack. I've been envisioning <laughs> getting in the backfield. You got to envision it before you do it. So I've been envisioning everything. Um, it start mental. Um, you know, everything start with ideas. You know. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that for sure. Last one. You talk about being confident. How confident are you in the knee right now? I'm confident. 100%? I'm a, I'm a confident guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ain't, ain't nothing going to ever break me, break me down, you know, regardless. So I'm going to keep on smiling, laughing, being a lot of dude in the locker room. Keep on going. When I'm on the field, I'm on it. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Commander's defensive end Chase Young talking to a contingent of the D.C. media earlier today following the commander's practice. Chase Young officially listed as limited, but no asterisk next to the limited. He's confident uh, as well heading in 
uh, to Sunday night's game against the New York Giants. I personally think this is one of those situations, man, where it's now or never with Chase Young. I think right now, heading into Sunday night, this is your biggest game of the season. I think now would be a super appropriate time uh, to get him back out on the field, only if he's ready, though. I promised key commanders before we got out of here. I got three for you like I do every week. Quarterback, Taylor Heineke's got to play uh, mistake-free football in order for this football team to win. I think it really comes down to him on the offensive side of the football. We know what we're going to get from the running game. We know what we're going to get from the offensive line. It's about whether or not Taylor Heineke can protect the football. On the defensive side of the ball, it's Benjamin St. Juice. He's been out of this lineup for the last two weeks. Uh, according to everything we're hearing coming out of Ashburn, they expect him to participate Sunday uh, against the Giants. He's missed the last two. Like I said, I expect a big-time impact from him in his return. And my third and final key commander is center West Schweitzer. Uh, Tyler Larson really handled and manned that center spot uh, particularly well during the absence uh, of Chase Rouillet when he went down. And you saw Tyler Larson come in and really solidify not only this commander's offensive line, but the offense as a whole, his ability to call out protections accurately and things like that. I believe Wes Schweitzer provides you with the same type of ability, and he might be even smarter. You know, Wes Schweitzer is somebody who's got the position flex. He's played the guard spot. He's played the center spot. Uh, I expect him to have a huge impact on Sunday night's game, and hopefully the next time I talk to you on these airwaves, the commanders will be 8-5-1 and one and still be in control of their playoff destiny. That's going to do it here for this edition of the Burgundy and Gold today. If you missed any of the show, make sure you download the podcast the Hoffman Show is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.